0: Hello everybody, this is Jules and welcome back to So This Is Love. I would like to start by thanking each and every one of you for listening to this podcast. So This Is Love was rated Kenya's number one podcast by Spotify and this was made possible by you. To my guests who have so openly shared their stories of healing, reflection and triumph, thank you so much for getting us to where we are. Do ensure to read the show notes of this episode to get details on how you can support this podcast. Remember, you can find us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you haven't already, do subscribe as it does help us reach more people. So This Is Love is a space where people can relate to one another, learn from one another, and find a sense of belonging. Enjoy. Coming
1: up on So This Is Love. Because you're healthy, I'm healthy. Be okay, but you don't be mawatu with your eyes. You have to actually get tested to actually know if someone is HIV negative or HIV positive. It was like me, I'm good. So I know you're good, right? And I looked at him blankly because I didn't know what to tell him. So I told him, actually,
0: I'm not. Welcome to So This Is Love, a podcast about love, the loss of love, heartbreak, and the meeting of self. We share stories on how the relationships we once had teach us about who we are and define who we become. And maybe through these stories, we can answer that age-old question, is it better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all? So, this is love. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to So This Is Love. Today, I am joined by the beautiful Tawi, not her real name, and she'll be here to tell us about a very defining relationship that started around her early 20s with a gentleman that we are naming Harvey. Also, not his real name. And the reason that she says that this relationship was so defining for her is because this was the first person that she dated that felt like it was a real relationship. Prior to that, she did have some connections in her life, but for her, it felt more like a matter of convenience or just trying to save face because everybody at that time was in a relationship. But this was kind of the real deal because this person uh, treated her well, for the most part, at first especially. It felt more serious than others. There was introductions to family um, and a little bit more detail that I am not going to give because this is not my story to tell. This is Tawi's story to tell. So Tawi, welcome to the podcast. Hey Jules, thank you so much. I am
1: happy to be here. I really want to share this story because it was a defining relationship and uh, for the most part it was nice. I felt close to someone. I felt like I could share So many things with this person.
0: And yeah, I actually kind of hoped it would work out. So I want you to take us to the beginning. How did you meet?
1: I met Harvey seven years ago. I was uh, having a catering gig. They had a function at home. So a friend of mine who happened to be their relative requested that I go help her. So off we went. And I actually met the cousin a day prior to meeting him, and, you know, uh, given that I grew up in the village, and I come from a humble background, uh, there's this thing about rich people being kind of arrogant, so I was like, okay, fine, I'm just going to do this, but I'm not expecting much from here, even though at the back of my mind, I was like, let me just do this, and then go back home, and spend Christmas with my family, it was around 22nd, I think, yeah, so... That night, um, the person who introduced me to, like, that gig, uh, we slept at her place. She was a little bit older. She was maybe in her 40s. So I was just going to be helping her. So the next day, Javi was sent to come pick us up. So uh, when he came, he was with a cousin, the snobbish one. <laughs> so he came, and he was so bubbly and was like, oh wow okay at least there's a nice person here so he was like saying hi how are you he was trying to have a conversation with me and that felt kind of nice because it was like oh okay so they're actually rich people who can speak nicely to others so he was like um so what's your name I was like my name is Tawi and uh he asked, uh, where do I study? And I was like, I I am at the UN. And he was like, ah, okay. It's really, really nice to meet you. So I've been sent to pick you guys up. So do you do this often? I'm a, it's the first time you're doing this at our place. I was like, no, not really. I do this once in a while when I have a chance to. It's something I enjoy doing. I actually really enjoy cooking, so... It, uh, it felt nice to just have that conversation with him. And yeah, when it got uh, to the point where we were supposed to go to the car, he actually opened the car door for me. And I was like, okay, Aww. this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> this is so nice. And yeah, on the way, we were like having maybe small conversations, just uh, trying to get to know me. Uh, which was nice, and he was with the cousin, and the cousin was so quiet the entire time. He was just looking at me like, okay, why like, why are you even speaking? You know, like there's just that kind of vibe he was giving me. So we got to their place, and uh, the mother showed me around the kitchen where we'd get all the necessities we needed for cooking and all. And the entire time, he was so kind enough to even ask the sisters to come and help me get the stuff there from the kitchen, their pantry and all. Once in a while, he would come and check up on me. Like, are you okay? Are you fine? Do you need anything? Do you need water? Like, I felt that that was so kind of him to do. Like, why would somebody even ask if you needed water? (laughs) And then he would come, test the food, and be like, oh, wow, you really cook so well. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I do. I actually do. I know I do. So it got to a point where... The first time I actually saw him as something a little bit more or as someone I would maybe kind of want to get to know, um, he took his shirt off and I found myself staring blankly at him like, oh, okay. He had these nice abs. And like,
0: Where were you when he took his <laughs> shirt off? Where were you guys? I was in the kitchen. What was uh, he
1: doing taking his <laughs> shirt off? Was it hot? <laughs> was it that like normal? I don't know. I think he was just trying to tease me. It was it was something he was just doing. It, it's like he wanted to catch my attention. Mm-hmm. It was like um, at the back of their kitchen. So I was on their other kitchen. Like you see in lower Homestead, there's like the main house. Mm-hmm. It has its kitchen. Outside. And then there's a kitchen outside. Mm-hmm. The kitchen where I was was directly opposite to their back door. So he came from the back door and then he just took his shirt off and was like, Okay, <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, okay, okay, that is really, really nice, but I was like, I, I'm not going to focus on him, I'm just going to focus on what I was doing, but at the time, my heart was really racing, I was like, oh, wow, that's a really interesting man who works out mm-hmm. <laughs> and has nice abs, I just remember the six-pack, I was like, oh, wow, okay, mm-hmm, mm mm-hmm. so, he immediately came to the kitchen shirtless and was like, uh, do you like what you see? I was, like, I was so shy. I was like, please put on your shirt. Just put on your shirt and we will talk later when I'm done with all this cooking. So he left. And then, uh, of course, uh, the sisters came, started helping me with the chapatis. Then he would come, maybe take one, eat go away. He would just tease me sort of. So it got to maybe around 8 p.m. That's when we were serving because we had started cooking so late. So we started serving the guests at around 8 p.m. And so he came and he told me, I want to take you to our room or maybe you can just go and take a shower and then I will serve you food. Yeah, you can just come and chill with uh, me and my cousins. It was like When that seemed a little bit awkward, Mm. because I mean, I don't know your family, you don't know me that well, so why would I come sit with you guys? It was like, but you're my friend. Like, oh, okay, that was fast. We're not friends, really, we aren't. So he came, uh, he showed me to the bathroom, I took my bath, and then I changed into like some different clothing, And then he was like, ah, come, let me go and serve you food. And he actually served me food. He was like, you're so tired. I know your feet are hurting. I could actually wrap them for you. But I was like, okay, interesting. This is so interesting. So, yeah, we ate. And then uh, I went back to the house because I was feeling so tired. I wanted to sleep. Uh, He found me in the kitchen and asked me, like, uh, do you feel tired or can we take a drink? I was like, why would I take a drink? I don't take alcohol. I said, ah, you people who don't take alcohol make us seem like we are sinners. We're not sinning. Just maybe take a sip. Just take a sip. So I was like, okay, fine. Just pour me a drink. And he asked me, like, what would you prefer? Like, what do you normally take? I was like, I actually don't take alcohol. So whatever you are taking, that's what I'll take. So he poured me some whiskey. I took a sip. And then I told him I wanted to go to bed. So before going to bed, he told me, can I have your number so that at least when you're leaving, I will have your number saved on my phone. So it's like, okay, sir, you can get my number. So I went to sleep. I think um, past midnight. He came to wake me up. He was ready to drop me back to my friend's place. I was like, okay. So... When he came, I had my lasso at the back of their house. Like, it was aired at the back of their house. So he was like, "Uh, can I take you to get your lasso? I was like, okay, fine. You should take me because it's dark out there. And uh, I'm so afraid of darkness. So he was like, okay, so let's go. So when we went, he pinned me against the wall. Luckily, someone else was coming our direction. So he let me go and I took my so and just asked him, what was that? What, what are you trying to do? And he was like, I'll mm-hmm. let you know then. Yeah, so I went back to my friend's place. Uh, we were dropped by his dad. Oh, I forgot to mention, the family is really nice. We really connected, the sisters, the cousins, we had like, Nice conversations after the party. And I'd come back to Nairobi, he had promised that he'd look for me. And I was like, yeah, sure. So yeah, I went back and I never heard from him for maybe three weeks. He had my number, I didn't. Uh, but I remember when I went back home, I was actually waiting for him to text me. It was like, okay, I'd really like to hear from that nice guy. So yeah, then... I think he texted me on Christmas Day. No, he texted me on New Year's, but I ignored the message. I ignored it because it didn't have, like, a name. No one was introducing themselves. It was, like, like, Happy New Year. It was like, okay, it's just another text. So I never even tried to, like, reply the message. So, yeah. Then uh, at the time, I was using uh, Kaduda like take a small phone, I had lost my smartphone. So around the same time when I was going back to school, my uncle gave me his smartphone. So yeah, when I installed WhatsApp, I see him text. Like, okay, finally you're here. You ignored my Happy New Year message. I was like, when did I ignore your message? I haven't seen a message from any strange number. And it was like, yeah, I texted you on New Year and you didn't reply. Like, okay, my bad. Maybe I just ignored because I didn't know who it was, and you didn't introduce yourself. So it's like, okay, I am Harvey. So uh, we started chatting, we started chatting. It was like, uh, I couldn't sleep. It's like we chatted the entire night. We sent each other's photos, and it was like, it was really, really nice. And I was really looking forward to seeing him. So we had agreed that uh, when I got back to school, I would actually reach out and we'd start seeing each other so I came back to Nairobi and I remember I hadn't heard from him for maybe maybe a week on the day we spoke we spoke for maybe two days consecutively like it was like every day we'd talk Hmm. and then he disappeared Uh, so after one week I decided to reach out I called him and that was the strangest call I'd ever made in my entire life because I was calling and I was hoping that he'd be happy to hear from me, not that we'd been chatting, but it kind of felt cold. It was like, hi, Sasa." I was like, okay, that is interesting. And then I was like, oh, it's me, Tawi. In case you don't have my number saved, I was checking up and I wanted to let you know that I'm back in Nairobi. So... You can feel free to come visit me anytime. And then I hung up because it kind of felt so cold. Mm. So I was like, okay. I even told my friend that there's this this person we've been talking. uh, We've been talking almost on a daily basis, but now I'm calling him and he sounds like he doesn't know me at all. But I remember what stuck was his deep voice. I was like, okay. (laughs) Now there's, like, a lot. There's, like, the abs. Then there's the deep voice. Okay, this is an interesting person. So, yeah, we didn't talk much after the call, but I just remember pointing it out because I usually speak my mind, like, when something happens, it's like I just pick it up and I'm like, yeah, let me just address this there and then. So I just remember texting him and asking him, like, why were you so cold over the phone? Like... Don't you have my number saved? i what's the problem? Like, that was so cold and it didn't feel really nice. And it was just like, no, I was in the middle of something. So I'm sorry. I was like, okay, so, so when are we meeting? So he said, maybe I can come to your place after going to the gym on a Saturday. I was like, okay. So you work out every Saturday? It's like, yeah, I do on most days. And I forgot to mention, we were in the same year but he was in a different campus. He was in Jaquat. I was in UN. So he told me he works out on Saturdays because that's the day when he's free. So he does yoga in the morning around Westlands, and then he goes to the gym. So he told me, I'd like to meet you, but in the afternoon. So I was like, yeah, that's okay with me. But I remember him asking, can I take a shower at your place? Okay, it felt weird. But I was like, yeah, Sawa, you just come and take a shower at my place. So at the time, I was living with uh, my best friend. Yeah, we were living together. So she had gone back home. So I told him, yeah, my friend is not around, so you can just come and take a shower. But I'll have to talk to her and let her know that there's a guest coming. So she was like, yeah, sure, you can have him over. But it's fine, you take care of yourself. I was like, yeah, sure. So when he came he came that afternoon, I hadn't prepared anything because I didn't even know what to prepare for him. So I was like, uh, we'll just figure it out when he comes. So when he came, I asked him what he'd like to take. And so I went to get food for us. And I told him, you can take a shower while I'm away so that I don't have to see you <laughs> naked in the house. But when I came back, he was on my bed <laughs> with his boxer on and I was like, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, what is this? What is this? So I got in, but I was so like I was like, This is a daring person. What does he want to do? I mean, yeah, we've been talking. We had been actually talking about maybe someday. Making love or something, but I didn't think it was going to happen that soon because this was our first meetup Mm -hmm. after we met. And I would have preferred that we met in a public place, but for him, he was like, um, he doesn't have cash to take me out on a date, so he could just come to my place. And I understood that because I knew he was a student, so I was like, okay, fine. We are both students, so I'll just let him come over. So I started cooking, but every time he would be so hands-on, like he would be so touchy, and I'd be like, okay. I, I didn't resist much because, I mean, I liked him. I really did like him. So, yeah, things just progressed too fast on that day. And I just remember asking myself, like, what have I done? Like, this is not what I was expecting to happen. I was expecting us to know each other, maybe talk about our interests so that we can identify what was common between the two of us. But,
0: yeah, things happened on that same day. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing to be ashamed about in my, in my books. Yeah. Sometimes it happens like that, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. So,
1: and I just remember, okay, there's just this big, big thing mm-hmm. that was lingering in my head. I'm like, so this has happened. How do I tell him? about this thing that I haven't told him yet. I was like, okay, maybe I should just keep quiet about it and get to know him and probably suggest that the next time we're meeting, we're meeting in a public space because he was so touchy and it made me uncomfortable. And I was like, uh, this is bound to happen again. So I need to meet this person in public spaces most times Mm -hmm. so that this does not happen again. So, yeah, we kept on talking, but one thing I realized at the time, he would talk to me when it was convenient, sort of. For him. Yeah, when it was convenient for him. So we'd talk, like after that meeting, he went home, we spoke that night. Then two days later, he wasn't even checking up on me. I don't know, maybe I felt at that time, I felt like communication was the key of a relationship. Like I, I needed him to maybe check up on me often. I wanted him to like text me every day or like at least a day shouldn't have passed without him checking up on me. That is how I felt but this was kinda different because he would disappear for days or weeks. Then he would come back when he just wanted to see me. So he'd be like, Oh, I've missed you. Can we meet? That was the text, the nature of our communication. So uh, at some point, I remember telling him, I really don't like it when you just communicate when you need to see me. I would appreciate it if you texted me even on a daily to just check up on me because God knows I could be dead. (laughs) And you, you're coming here telling me you want to see me. So please kindly just try to check up on me often and I was like, oh, okay, sour. I will try. And I didn't think that was weird at the time. I, di- I actually didn't think that was a red flag. I didn't even, I was like, okay, fine. This person, I like him and I want this to work. So I will try as much as possible to go with the flow. So if he, if he takes sour, if he doesn't, yeah, it's okay. So yeah, uh, that went on for like maybe... A few months. We didn't see each other again for like maybe three, four months. Yeah. Then uh, he told me on, on a Friday night, there's a Friday night he just texted and he was like, I want to come see you tomorrow, which was a Saturday, but I'll be coming to see you after my gym classes mm-hmm. or sessions. So I was like, yeah, sure. You just come. Because of course I had missed him. I I wanted to see him, so I was like, "Yeah, sure, you just come." So he came. At the time, uh, I had already gotten my own place, so I was no longer living with my friend. So I told him, "Yeah, just come, but to a different location." Mm-hmm. So he came, and uh, we started talking. And I told him, "Uh, today I want us to talk about something." Uh, things went. So fast between the two of us, and I need us to have a conversation. We never talked about protection. We never talked about pregnancies. We never talked about anything. Things just happened, and those are some of the key things that people need to talk about. We didn't even talk about our HIV status. So, I don't know you, you don't know me, so do you even feel guilty about what happened? Told me no, he doesn't. And I was like, Why wouldn't you take precautions around your sex life? And he was like, Because you're healthy, I'm healthy, we're okay. I was like, But you don't pima too with your eyes. You have to actually get tested to actually know if someone is HIV negative or HIV positive. And he was like, Me, I'm good. So I know you're good, right? And I looked at him blankly because I didn't know what to tell him. So I told him, actually, I'm not. And he asked me, like, what do you mean by you're not? I was like, yeah, I was born HIV positive. So, yeah, that's what's up. For a moment, he was like, what do you mean? He was looking at me so blankly, like, okay. So I told him, I'm going to take a walk so that you can think this through. And then uh, maybe when I come back, we can have a sober conversation. And I didn't know how to tell you this on that day because things were just happening so fast. I couldn't say anything Mm -hmm. at the time. But I feel like if we're going to have a relationship, if we're going to keep seeing each other, then this is something you need to know. And he was like, okay. So I left, uh, took a walk for maybe 30 minutes. And then I came back, and he was still there. So it's was like, okay, maybe he actually wants to talk. So he just asked me, like, how did you know about this? So I told him, yeah, I was born this way, and uh, I only came to realize when I was maybe 13, so he said, okay, we'll figure this out. And I was like, yeah, sure. You, I'll send you some notes. That's what I told him. I'll we'll just send you some notes so that you can read this through. Uh, you can read more about discordancy. You can read about, yeah. And then
0: we will talk later. Can you explain a little bit me what discordancy means
1: so discordancy is uh when one of the partner yeah if you're dating and one of you is hiv negative and the other one is hiv positive most times it's hard (laughs) because when one partner is hiv positive there's a risk to the hiv negative partner especially if you're not adhering well to your medication so, yeah, there's usually that elephant in the room, like, uh, how are we going to navigate this? How are we going to go through this? So I had just told him, I'll send you notes. You can read on them. And then when you come back, or rather when we have a conversation, you'll tell me what you have decided. Because this is something I can't change about myself. And I can't also force you to be here and walk this journey with me. So, yeah, you you just take all the time you need, and then we'll talk then. And he just told me, can I get a kiss? And I felt that was weird because someone doesn't just tell you that they're HIV positive and then you want to kiss them. I mean, there's something that has to go through your mind first because most times like, you'd expect like a rejection. But he was like, okay, so let me get a kiss. So I was like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, okay. So yeah, he left that day. I sent him the notes, of course. After maybe two, three days, he told me, like, yeah, we'll keep on seeing each other. And so I thought, okay, this is actually going to work. Previously, in my previous flings, I wouldn't call them relationships, They were like maybe three months, <laughs> two months. I'd tell someone that, and they'd actually just leave. They'd be okay with it, At first, on the day, I'm telling them, but then they ghost me afterwards. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, so this person has actually not ghosted me. So I decided to now do this fully, because most times when I get into relationships, I'm like always one foot in, one foot out, because I don't know what to expect. And
0: what what are are some of the... Because I know of this um, kind of, I don't know if it's a law, but ideally if you're HIV positive, you need to reveal to your partner
1: Mm -hmm.
0: uh, that you're HIV positive. Uh, Is it true that it's a crime for somebody to have sex with you with the knowledge that they have HIV and without telling you?
1: I'm not really sure. Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure because uh, most times I've always approached my relationships from being forthcoming. Like, I usually say it on the first day before mm. anything advances, except this was different. It just, it's like I couldn't say it. But I, I'm not sure if there's a law of the sort. But, yeah, most times you're always advised, as a person living with HIV, you're always advised that until you see something is actually going to result into a sexual a relationship, then you're allowed to disclose. Uh, You're not ideally supposed to just disclose when you meet someone. Mm. You have to assess if there's actually a connection worth pursuing. Because most times I tell my friends, especially um, my female friends, I do tell them after a certain period, maybe after I've known them for like six months... Because also with girls, they start sharing things, we start sharing things. So I, I do always want them to know mm. before they start like, just using my stuff yeah. and feel awkward when they know it later. Yeah. So I usually tell them so that it just gets off the way. And they've always taken it well. But for the men, um, mostly on the first dates, I usually do. But for this particular person, that I didn't get the chance to tell him, like it was just careless. <laughs> yeah. it was
0: careless. <laughs> or things just hap- happened too fast. Yeah, things just. Maybe happen. he was quite. Um, I know how some guys can be. I've yeah. been around those guys who, you, especially when you're young, and it's so hard to to say no. Like yeah. you know you're not ready to have sex, but they're pushing and pushing you. Like you just give in because you don't want to upset them. Thank God I'm able to like be like no, I don't think I want to do this. But it took a long time. Even looking back, I remember thinking I wasn't ready yet. It's not like it was forceful. I mean, I'm not saying that at all. I, it was fully consensual, but I knew in my heart, like, I just need a couple more. Like, can we just, you know, get to know each other a little bit more, but then you feel this need to please like, Oh, maybe if I say no, then he'll walk away kind of thing. Yeah. yeah so I, I do get it. I do get it. And even about the legislation or the law, I'm not sure if it's Kenya. I think it's just something I've read somewhere, but I'm, um, I think we can figure yeah. that out later. will.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, like, when you're young, you're just going with the flow. And sometimes you're like, okay, fine, this is happening. Let it happen. So, yeah, it was careless of me at the time. I, I now look back and I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have done that, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, when I told him, he took it well. So, yeah, uh, we started now so dating. He actually didn't say we were dating, but he told me he's not going to walk away. So we kept on seeing each other. And um, I just remember telling him, if you're feeling uncomfortable... Of course, I gave him uh, my medical history. I got that from the doctor. I was like, I just need this to show this person that I have undetectable viral loads so that uh, he can be at ease. Does undetectable mean negative? Sometimes it can give you a false negative, mm. actually. And uh, that's why sometimes it's good to like just... Tell your partner, because you can go for a test. Uh, I've had that maybe twice or three times when oh, I wow. went to have a test and it came, came out, out to- negative. And, you know, if I don't tell my partner that I am HIV person, they, they may not believe it. Yeah. Because if the test comes out negative, someone just think, okay, so this is it. You see, most times, even if it does come out negative, I usually tell the partner, like, you know, this is not actually true. Yeah, so he he was like, yeah, we are fine. We are fine. We are fine. So there was the option. At the time, PrEP had not been launched. Uh, PrEP is the uh, pre-exposure medication such that if you are uh, HIV negative, you can be on this medication every day if you know that uh, you have a high risk job of getting HIV or you have a partner who is HIV positive and you're not sure if The levels are detectable and undetectable. So uh, you can actually just walk into any public facility and get that. So, yeah, at the time there was no prep. So it was either we practice safe sex or, yeah, we just hope that he will be okay. So, yeah, uh, because of my undetectable levels and the notes he'd read, he just said we'll just be like any normal couple. Yeah, so... We kept on seeing each other. It wasn't, um, we wouldn't meet regularly. Also, our communication was just weird. Like, it was like on a need basis. Like, if he wanted to see me, he'd just text. But I remember uh, after maybe two months in, I just felt like maybe he was making a mistake. Personally, I just felt like maybe he was making a mistake or maybe he just agreed because he's just agreeing. I never gave him... so much credit, I just thought maybe he's just trying to please me. Because I've also gotten that uh, in the past where someone was just staying for the sake of staying, like they're feeling sorry for me. And I actually never wanted him to feel sorry for me. I just wanted him to be there because I'm a good person, not because he wants to just please me. So after two months, I think I broke off the relationship. Like, I don't see this going anywhere. So can we just stop seeing each other? And he called and was like, oh, I don't like being rushed. And when I make my mind up that I'm doing something, I actually mean that. And I have so much going on given that I'm a student and like we, we all have school going on. So I might not be there every single day to talk to you, but that does not mean then uh, that I'm out of this relationship. He actually, he would calm me down. I'm I'm, I'm a fearless avoidant when it comes to like uh, relationships. It's like, I overthink too much. So when someone does not talk to me, I was like, okay, maybe they've just left, you see. Because I've also experienced ghosting. So every time my mind just goes back to I'm being ghosted. So When I wrote him that message, I was like, okay, maybe let me just tell him so that we can break up and it doesn't become awkward when we meet because I'd rather we just break up officially than him ghosting me. He called and we talked. We talked about it. He just said, he is not going anywhere. He is in this with me. I just need to be patient. And give him time. And he told me he doesn't text often. He's not good at it. So he told me, I'll just communicate when I communicate. But don't rush this. Like, okay, sour. So he told me, and we're not breaking up. (laughs) We're still doing this. We're not breaking up. So I was like, okay, sour. But you see, like, one thing about an overthinker is... You let it go on that day. You you've been told to like be patient, but after a while, Tena, you'll be like, mm, "I'm a
0: man." <laughs> yeah, because um at the end of the day, your emotional needs are not being met yeah. in the relationship, and in in my opinion, communication is a bare minimum. Even just saying, "How was your day?" <laughs> I I wouldn't understand being in a relationship where you don't talk every day that for me, mm -mm. that's just me, doesn't work. (laughs) Secondly, if you are an overthinker or you have some relationship trauma in your past, for example, like you, where people would ghost you, so you start to automatically imagine, oh, oh, there we go again, and you've communicated this to your partner, your partner needs to reassure you more often. Often, And once somebody like that gets the reassurance they need, it just takes a little bit of time. In a couple of weeks, you don't mind a day going by because you know the person (laughs) is still there. It's just that you need that, like initial constant reassurance. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But some people don't get that and then they think, oh, so now I have to be texting all the time. It's like, no, just if you're, if you're into someone and you can see um and understand where they're coming from, yeah. show up for them.
1: Yeah. Okay, I also just feel like
0: sometimes um that maybe they're just not a match for you because yeah. there's somebody out there who will be able to meet those emotional needs and vice versa.
1: Yeah. You see, uh now at the time, I didn't even think this was like, okay, I knew it bothered me but I never wanted to address it as much because I was like, okay, finally someone has accepted me. I think maybe pure because I didn't love myself enough those days. I was like, okay, this person is actually accepting me with this. So I need to show up more for them because they're doing me a favor. I Mm. thought it was like they're doing me a favor to stay here, you know? Mm -hmm. So So who are you
0: to demand to be spoken to every day? I mean, (laughs) I'm with you and you're HIV positive. (laughs) Yeah, I'm (laughs) doing you a favor, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Exactly,
1: exactly. So in my mind, I was like, ah, I'm being accepted. So let me just be okay with
0: whatever goes on in this. Whatever you get. Yeah. Mm.
1: After the first breakup, that I did over a text and him reassuring me that he was still here with me. we met a couple of times. I remember on his birthday, which is usually in November. that was almost a year after we met. So yeah, we we kept on seeing each other, but it wasn't like um, it wasn't a normal relationship actually because my friends really didn't like the guy. They didn't like him for the fact that he was never showing up for me the way I wanted. And we never used to have, like, dates, like normal people. It was mostly house, house dates. Either he was at my place or I would go to his mother's place. I would travel all the way to Langata. I was staying in Dumboini at the time, so I would travel all the way to Langata to just be and spend time with him. So I remember maybe eight months after, uh, we started seeing each other, I got pregnant for the first time. And I remember just telling him, um, can you please come to dumboyne this Saturday? And he said, yeah, sure. And I told him, just come, we need to talk. I didn't even know. It was the first time I was getting pregnant, so I didn't even know like how to go about it. So when he came, I made some food, we ate. Actually, he was too spend the night at my place the one thing he never liked was addressing issues at night so he'd say whatever you want to talk about can you talk about it in the morning i like to sleep without interruptions so if it's pressing let's just talk about it in the morning so yeah so we slept and in the morning after breakfast i was like uh you know what i'm pregnant And he looked at me like, what do you mean, you're pregnant? I was like, yeah, I'm pregnant. So he told me, um, I am going to leave. I'm going to think about this. And then um, we will talk later. But just know we are in this together. So we're going to figure this out together. And that is one of the things that I actually liked about him if he told you he was going to figure out something with you, he actually would be there to figure that. So he left, and um, I think maybe a day later he texted and he told me, I've thought through this, and I think the best option for us is to terminate the pregnancy. And I was like, I have no i was like no at the time i was really into church <laughs> i was really into church so i was like okay fine um i can't do this that is murder <laughs> of course like we are always told mm. all the christian girls so yeah i told him i can't do that and he said uh, but you are still uh, i was in my fourth year then so he said how are you going to do your exams with the pregnancy how are you how are you even going to read for your exams? And who will help you take care of the child when you have to go somewhere? So can you just think of this soberly without all the emotions? Actually, I remember him saying that, without all the emotions. And then, yeah, so he came the next weekend. He came to my place. We took a walk. There used to be like a, a river around Numbu So we took a walk and... Uh, I remember him telling me, I know where to get the pills. And you don't have to worry about the cost. I will take care of the cost. So, you, what you do, uh, come to my place next weekend so we can talk. But I was like, are we talking about keeping the baby or are we talking about terminating the baby? He was like, uh, we've not made a decision yet. So, you just come uh, to our place the next uh, weekend so that we can figure this out. And I said, okay. So, yeah, that weekend I went. Maybe I got there maybe around six. He was just himself, we were okay. So, when it got to our bedtime, he told me, you know, I've made a decision for us. I was like, okay, which decision have you made? It's like, I already got the pills. So, we're terminating the pregnancy. I was like, but I didn't agree to that. We have to talk first. We were to talk before this happens. Then he started crying, and was like, um, "No, I have a lot of responsibilities. I have, I have so much to do. I have a future, and I don't think this is also something you can handle. You're still young. So can we?" He was actually three years older, even though we were in the same year in uni was three years older. So he told me, the best thing for us is just to terminate this. We can't take care of baby. I don't have money. I don't have a job right now. So how will you take care of that baby? So when he started crying, I felt sorry for him. And I was like, I'll do it. I'll just do it so that I don't have to see you crying. <laughs> so yeah, he gave me the pills. Um, and one thing I remember asking him, like, did you get this from a doctor? And he said, yeah, I know someone else who has ever taken this, and they're okay, and they have a baby, so no, it's not unsafe. This is the safest method to do this. Um, just trust me. So yeah, it happened. And then I think the next day I left back for school, but he was there. He, he actually really took care of me. He was cleaning me up, doing all those nice things, <laughs> buying me chocolates, uh, and he was there. And when uh, the pain got unbearable, I remember him just sitting there with me and trying to rub my back and, yeah, make me feel okay. So when that happened, I left back for school, and I never heard from him. That made me feel so bad because I was like, why wouldn't you even check up on me? This this thing that is happening, I can't share with my friends because I hadn't told my friends I was pregnant. It was just him and it was just me and him who knew. So it's like, how do I even start telling my friend that this has happened when I didn't involve her through the journey? Mm -hmm. I expected him to be there trying to check up on me because God knows I could have died (laughs) or something. So he never checked up on me. And um, after maybe three days, I texted him and I asked. I told him, "By the way, I am fine and I'm alive." <laughs> mm-hmm. I used to do that a lot. Like, I am fine and I'm alive. A bit of passive passive aggression. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that happened. Uh, that was the first time. Uh, that was our first uh, child, or rather, the first pregnancy we had to address. So yeah, then uh, it took a while. Before we actually spoke again, rather, um, just did what normal couples do. It like maybe took a while, maybe seven months. We were not. We're in touch. Yes, Uh, we would talk um, once in a while, but it's like um, we were trying to avoid each other. I was, I was devastated because I was like, okay, maybe this can happen again if we reconnect. I might get pregnant again, and. uh, I didn't know how to, like, maybe handle another pregnancy because now I was doing my uh, my project. So I finished up that we graduated. And I remember that same December that we graduated, an aunt of his reached out to me and told me she had guests and she needed me to go and cater to her guests. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll be coming. So I left my graduation maybe a day after I went to their place, we graduated the same year, by the way, almost the same time. But I remember when I got there, he wasn't there yet, but we had been in communication. so he told me he'd be there later. So when he came, he found uh, we had finished setting up the tables and all. so we were just there, like it was kind of weird because I was seeing him after a long while, so I felt like, okay. Like, it was, like, um, I wanted to talk to him, but I'm also afraid, like, how will he take me talking to him amidst,
0: like, all these things that are happening? And did contraception ever cross your mind? There's the fear of pregnancy, but um, what about a form of contraception, given that perhaps you were... There are moments where you were practicing unprotected sex. Um...
1: No, I remember when I shared with my friend that uh, I had terminated a pregnancy, she told me, maybe we should get you to the hospital so that you can get um, an FP. And I was like, "Um, I don't think I wanted to at the time. I was like, maybe he should start using condoms and just because I'm not going to try to do this again. So I remember that was also an issue. Because when I mentioned that uh, I wanted him to use condoms, he felt like. He didn't want to. He told me he was a grown man, and grown men don't
0: use. Oh my con- god! <laughs> yeah, that's what. There's so doing. much miseducation <laughs> on contraception. I know, I know, mm. I know. So he. But, but as a woman, I know this is completely off topic. But I'm very passionate about uh, women protecting their futures yeah. and themselves mm-hmm. through contraception because I had the same mindset uh I had a, a uh, maybe a similar mindset my mindset was more of when I was uh, at that age 22 I used to look at contraception as family planning I mean I heard yeah. you mention FP yeah,
1: yeah so for
0: me I'm like we're dating we're not planning for a family yeah so you wear a condom however
1: mm-hmm. when you're
0: in a relationship with somebody it's it was hard for us to be consistent yeah, yeah. with the condoms, mm-hmm. because you feel like I'm not sleeping with anybody else, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But looking back, I'm like, I wish I got um, on the pill because the times we would have unprotected sex, I was so anxious mm-hmm. waiting for my period. Hey, we thank God. But that's why I'm just like, I, I, women just need to be able to, to be empowered enough to take the power yeah. and not leave the power on the man. Yeah. Because yeah. at the end of the day, we're the ones who are going to have this pregnancy. Yeah, True. And you know, the burden is mostly on the woman. <laughs> yeah.
1: I actually wish I looked at it that way before, but I felt young. I felt like
0: this thing is family planning. Yeah. It and it you know, a two, yeah. Def, it's for older people. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's what I used to feel. That's what I used to feel. Not anymore.
1: Yeah. So I, I kind of. As live. long as you're
0: sexually active, mm-hmm. you should be able to protect yourself, yourself yeah, and actually. yourself and also your future. That's yeah. how I look at it. Yeah. It's a form of self care.
1: Yeah. yeah. It is. It actually is. Looking back, I'm like, okay, fine. I was just young (laughs) and dumb. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, so that uh, meeting after so many months was like hard. Actually, our relationship, if I could like uh, piece it together to like the number of times we were consistent with each other, I think maybe it lasted six months. But because uh, it was like on, off, on, off, um, and it worked then. Or rather, I I wanted it to work so bad that I was just willing to put up with anything. So when we got there, the sister mentioned, actually, the sister is a very good friend of mine. So the sister was like, "Um, we're having a graduation party. Something he had not mentioned on the 27th. Are you coming? Have we invited you? I was like, no, he hasn't mentioned, but I will be there let me consider it your invite, so I'll show up for you. And uh, she was like, yeah, sure. On that evening, I asked him, like, um, are you guys having a party on the 27th? And he's like, oh, yeah, we are. Sorry, I forgot to mention, you can you can come. Actually, you can come spend Christmas with us. I was like, that is an afterthought. That is not actually an invite. So, mm. uh, you're not inviting me. You're just telling me because someone else has mentioned it. And, uh, I went for the party, despite everything. I'd been around their family for long. The mother knew me, the father. Everyone knew me, the uncles, the aunties, the grandmother. Like, I was just a part of the family, but I hadn't had, like, an introduction that I was his girlfriend. So uh, maybe the sister is the one who suspected there's something going on between the two of us, Uh, but the rest of the family were sort of clueless. I remember asking him, like, how should I dress up for that party? Like, Should I be wearing something long or should I just show up the way I normally show up? And I was like, you you just come. You see, you just come. So I remember just uh, putting on my jeans because I actually feel so comfortable in jeans. I don't like wearing dresses. So I was like, okay, so I'll just show up in my jeans and my T-shirt and my canvas shoes and just be there. So I remember asking uh, what time should I get there? And he told me, anytime you feel like coming. So since I was going to spend the night at that place, I opted to go there in the evening. And, uh, yeah, before that, I had seen this lady on his status. There's a day he posted uh, a status. And then, like, I don't know, like, there's just, just something about pictures. So when I saw that, I was like, who is this person? And he was like, ah, she's my friend. And I was like, oh, okay. You guys look good together. I just remember telling him that. And I was like, are you jealous? I was like, no, not really. Um, if she's your friend, then that's fine. I just took a screenshot of that photo, but I never mentioned it again. So when I got to their place, I see this lady sitting next to him because it's like I got late. I found that they'd finished up with the mass, So it was time for the family to maybe take photos and then people to eat, yeah. So, this lady was sitting there, and I thought it was his cousin, because she was sitting next to him. And uh, it never even crossed my mind that she was the same lady I had seen on his status. So, I just said hello. I'm actually a very social person. When I get to a room full of strangers, I'll just try to know the people in that room, and probably make... Make a friend or two. Mm -hmm. So we started talking to the lady. And I remember she actually also didn't know who I was. We didn't know each other. So we were just talking. And then the night progressed. People started taking alcohol. And I wasn't feeling so well on that day. I had like a cold. So I told him to give me a sweater and some socks. Because they were having a party. Like an overnight party with his friends. You know, uh, one thing about someone you're seeing, you'll always know how they behave around people they like because it's the same thing they do with you. So I remember on several occasions he would never let me go to the outside washrooms. Mm -hmm. He would never let me go there alone. He'd always be the one to take me. So on this day, I was like, it kind of felt off. Like there was, he was sort of distant because I remember telling him I feel pressed. Uh, would you kindly take me? It was like, ah, oh, no, see, they're just there, they're just there, so just go. And I was like, okay, that's weird, but I just went. So, uh, I think I've taken back. Then the lady was like, ah, oh, I want to go to the washroom. And I was like, ah, oh, sure, let me take you. I was like, mm, okay, mm. <laughs> this is interesting. This is so interesting. So yeah, he took her, and then the cousin who used to snob me for the first time it's like he was noticing me so he came and was like so who is Harvey to you? I was like he's my boyfriend and he was like oh okay but why is he messing around with that lady? I was like "Uh, okay what do you mean? They're sneaking around. When you're not seeing I'm like no I haven't seen them. Ah, They were kissing
0: at the Mm -hmm. back of the this cousin is messy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? Ah, okay, you just just watch them closely. And I was like, okay, so. Mm. When they came back, they went to the house. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention, I didn't know his friends, but I knew his family. So the lady had not met his family, but had met his friends. So his friends knew the lady so well. And we were two different people in the sense that he was a party person. At the time I was laid back, I never used to go to clubs. So, their friends actually knew the lady, but they didn't know who I was. Most of them thought I was his cousin. So, when all these things were happening, they just knew I was his cousin because I kind of looked like them. <laughs> so, I I went to get water for one of his friends. And I found them... So touchy on one of the corridors in the house, but I never tried to think about it. I was just like, "Mm, okay, maybe they just, you know, I had not known who she was. So even when the cousin told me this, I was like, "Ah." it's like I was living in denial. So I just went, fed the water, came back. So this went on. Their sneaky habits went on for the better part of the night until finally I actually saw them make out. Then now that's when it dawned on me, like, okay, so she's actually the same lady I had seen on his status. So, yeah, he had just uh, seen his friends off, and um, the lady was at the front of the main door. Their gate is directly opposite their main door. So he was coming from the gate, and the lady was at the front door. And I was, I was, like, standing next to a tree beside the house, So I see him running, and the lady was also running to him, and then they meet, apokatikati like Mm. uh, yeah the homestead, and then they start making out, and luckily the sister also saw them. The sister who is my friend, so me I just remember I froze like, like, okay what is happening? What is happening here? So um, I'm not a dramatic person, so I actually never even reacted to it at the time. I just left to go to the house, and the sister saw me. She nodded her head and she was like, "Don't do anything." I was like, "Sure." So I I just started crying. I was just crying, uh, not loudly though. It was just like tears, 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 and I pulled one of the other cousins aside and I was like, "Who is she to him?" And he was like, um, "That's the girlfriend." What do you mean? That's the girlfriend. I am the girlfriend. And he was like, "Oh, so you like my cousin?" I'm like, "What do you mean? I like your cousin. What do you mean by I like him?" Um, we've been seeing each other since forever. Like, we are dating. And he like, "Oh, okay. I didn't know that." Um, so I called him. I was like, "I want to go to sleep." So can you show me where I'm, I'm going to sleep? And he just came, and he was like, "Oh, I had missed seeing you." And I'm like, hmm, "You just, you know, you just kissed someone outside there." So I never mentioned it that to him. I was just thinking in my head. So he showed me where I was to sleep. I slept. Woke up the next day. Made breakfast for them, the entire family, and then. Yeah, while we were taking breakfast, I remember just texting him and asking him, like, um, who is she to you? And uh, he was like, we will talk about that later. So when we were having the conversation, I just remember him blaming it on the alcohol. He was like, yo, I was drunk. She doesn't mean a thing. She's just a friend. Which kind of friend is she to you? Because you guys were actually making out. Yesterday, I said, ah no, that was just the alcohol. She doesn't mean anything to me. It's like okay, so. So I just remember I was I was feeling so betrayed. I was feeling so bad, but I I never caused any drama, so I just left. And on that particular day, I remember we were supposed to go on a date with him in Kisumu. So uh, he told me we will be going on a date to Kisumu. Uh, so you just dress up and then. We'll we'll meet. Uh we'll say our goodbyes to our parents and then we leave. So when we were leaving, his uh there's a friend of his who stayed over that day. So I just remember him telling me, hop on the bike with my friend. And then he hopped on the bike with this other lady. And I was like, Okay, the inni but well sour. When we go to the matatu, I opted to go back to our place and not go with him to Kisumu because I was like, I was just feeling so betrayed. So I I told him, me, I'm going home. You guys can just go and have fun in Kisumu. I'll see you when we get to Nairobi. So he left with the lady, actually. They just went together. His friend and I were going in the same direction, but he alighted somewhere along the way. So I got home and... um, We were to go to Kilifi for our internship. When I came back to Nairobi, I remember just telling him, I'm going to leave for Kilifi. After what I saw at your place, I do not think I want to see you again. So can we just break this off? And he was like, I have to see you before you leave. I need to apologize. And I told him, okay, you'll find me at the bus stop. So he came and he was like, I bought you cupcakes, but I forgot them on the countertop. So um, I'm sorry about that. But I came to apologize and tell you that uh, I I do like you and I want this to work. And uh, whatever happened, that girl doesn't mean anything to me. She's just a friend. And alcohol is to blame for everything that happened on that night. I was like, okay. So we said our goodbyes and, yeah, we left So I remember he called me when I got to Kilifi, he called me to just check up if I got there safely and all. So we started talking, We just started talking again. But at this point, all my friends were like, you don't need to see this person. You deserve someone better, but I was like, but he's the one who has accepted me the way I am. So Mm. I just stick around, you know, maybe he'll change. Maybe if I don't question much, he'll just change. We started seeing each other until when his father passed on. So when his father passed on, he requested that I go stay with him because he was actually really broken. So I thought maybe I should just take a leave and go stay with him. Uh, When I went to be with him, everything sort of happened again so fast. Um, It was like uh, now we were reconnecting again after he having a girlfriend and uh, me being the understanding girlfriend and uh, yeah, me brushing everything off or sweeping things under the rug and saying, okay, we're just going to do this. I'm still going to accept him. It rains everywhere. So, yeah. Mm. Then one thing that happened, actually, when we broke up was during that funeral. The way he treated me, it now became so clear to me that... This person actually does not value me because I took one week leave from work to come and be with this person, but they were not appreciating my presence there. While I was there, he was talking to these many other girls, maybe two other girls. Um, The girl he'd told me meant nothing, came for the funeral, and they were so, like, you see how people who actually love each other mm. behave. Yeah, that's how they were behaving. And I was like, then who am I here? Like, What am I even doing here? Uh, but he still, How was that? What, what does that look like? What did that look like? Yeah, when that particular lady was there, he would actually ignore me. He would literally, literally ignore me. It's like I never existed in his world. So he would be there holding hands with that lady hugging. Her, like, it's like they were comforting each other mm. <laughs> and I was there for that job. So <laughs> I kept on rendering, like, okay, what is happening here? But you know, I just sort of kept quiet because I mean, there's nothing much.
0: So it was under. it was in front of your face. Yeah. It wasn't um there was no question mark anymore. Yeah. It was clear that yeah, this is not alcohol. Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: okay. no, he was sober, he was actually sober and doing all these things. And I remember when uh,
0: he's just said, for the record, I don't believe it was the alcohol. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, at least now for you in your mind at that time, you're like, okay, now, yeah, here there's nothing to it. Was a hard time for him, but you know what I mean? Like, there's no alcohol to blame. Ah. Mm-hmm.
1: Then I just remember him telling me, don't be jealous when I saw them. He was like, don't be jealous, and I was like, oh wow, okay. <laughs> so when we go to their home I, I think I stayed maybe two days after the funeral just to ensure that he was okay and uh, that is now the day he told me oh I remember like during the funeral he would ask me have you gotten your periods or are we expecting a baby it's something he actually wanted because I remember on that day when I first came to Nairobi from Kilifi. Yes, um, it happened. and uh, What I, happened? It, oh, like we had sex. Mm-hmm. And he. I remember him telling me before that he wanted to put a baby in my tummy. And it didn't really ring a bell. I never thought much of it. I was like, uh, it was just in the moment. And I thought maybe that was just a talk, you see. And I was like, okay, we're not doing that. I just said, we're not doing that. And then I remember him, I would go to their place. I would be there during the day, and then at night, I would go back to my uncle's place. So I remember him showing up at my uncle's place three days later, past midnight, and telling me, I want to see you. So when I went to see him at the parking lot, he said, I brought you P2. I was like, why would you bring me P2? What happened? I think we might be having a baby. And I was like, okay, but why would you bring me P2? 3 days later mm. after 72 hours i no just you can just take them maybe it won't happen you see so it's like okay so i i took the pill
0: Wow, hold on for the audience i just want to let you all know what you are hearing right now is actually thunderstorm nairobi is about to have a massive downpour And also for our listeners who might not know what P2 is, P2 is a common emergency contraceptive that is readily available in Nairobi, in Kenya. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so um, I just took the pills though. And um, one thing we had done after us terminating the pregnancy was uh, he would use the withdrawal method as a way to prevent the pregnancies. And it had worked for the longest time. But this particular day, I don't know why he felt the need to buy me the pills. Mm. And then him bringing them at midnight, past the 72 hours, was also like, it's not something I thought about at the time. But then later on, I was like, oh, so this person was actually serious about putting a baby in my tummy. (laughs) So uh, during the funeral, he would ask, have you seen your periods or... Are we expecting a baby? And I'd be like, what do you mean by, are we expecting a baby? So on that day uh, that I was leaving their place, he called me, he told me, we need to talk before you leave. And I was like, okay. So uh, I got ready, waited for him to get ready. And then he told me, I really appreciate you coming here and being with us during this difficult moment. But... I want you to know that you're not my girlfriend. And while I enjoy having sex with you, that's what he told me. <laughs> it was so weird. I enjoy having sex with you, but I'd like you to know that you're not my girlfriend. So I asked him, like, and then what have we been doing all this while? think. Um, maybe I should rephrase, you're not my girlfriend yet. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. I was like, oh, okay. That is interesting. And then I asked him, so if I'm not your girlfriend, who is your girlfriend? And uh, he told me she'll know when she's my girlfriend. That's what he told me. So in my head, um, uh at the time, I had uh, lent him my Kaduda phone because uh, he had so many calls at the time, and he had like two lines, so he needed one on the Kaduda phone. And I remember that this day I picked up a conversation he was having on the phone, and was, I'm so good at reading cues. So I was like, hmm. he's talking to someone he actually likes. So when he he brought me my phone back, I remember just uh, going to the trucoiler and checking on that number, and it was the lady's number. So I asked him on that day, like, is so-and-so your girlfriend? And that lady was different from the lady he'd been having around. Oh, this is now somebody else. Else, Yeah, Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. is now somebody else. And he said, have you been going through my messages? I just told him, I have my answer. I didn't have to go through your messages, but you asking that means there's something going on. So I told him, it's fine. I'm not your girlfriend, so that's fine. Uh, We're breaking up. So I left. I went to our place and then traveled the next day back to Kilev. It was the same day he was also traveling back. So I told, um, this is our last goodbye. Like, this is forever. We don't have to see each other again. So, see, uh, me left. On the day I was traveling, he texted me. And he was like, uh, I need to see you before you go back to Kilifi." I was like, um, why would you want to see someone you broke up with? And he's like, uh, I just need to apologize. So I said, okay, fine, we'll meet in town. I didn't want to go, but I just told myself, let me just go and hear him out. So I went to see him. When you go to town... I started feeling dizzy. That was like maybe 12 days after. So I started feeling dizzy. and I remember texting him and telling him, I'm not feeling so well. I'm feeling a little bit dizzy. So can you come and get me where, wherever I am? And he was like, um, maybe take some water and a sweet, and then I'll see you on the other side of town. So I did that, and then I walked to where he was. So while we were walking in town, he spotted a chemist. And he told me, can you go and buy a pregnancy test kit there? And I was like, uh, why would I need a pregnancy test kit? I was like, yeah, just go and buy it. So I think he gave me 500 shillings and I told him, ah, a strip test is 50 Bob. Mm. And he's mm-hmm. like, I know those ones. <laughs> <laughs> the ones yeah. you dip Yeah. <laughs> and was like, no, I don't need those ones. I need the other ones. Go and buy, I think the 300 or 500 shillings. Just go and buy mm. that. So I said, okay, sour. Let me just go and buy that. So uh, uh, wherever he was taking me out, when we got there, he told me, I need you to just go and take the test so that I can be sure that uh, even though we are breaking up, there's nothing going on here. So I did that. When I came back with the test, it was actually positive, and it took me a while to get out of that washroom Mm. and... When he came back, he looked at me and he said, "Ah, I know your answer. We are having a baby. And when that baby comes, and if it's a boy, we're naming him after my dad.
0: Oh, okay. So you think he intentionally, wait a minute. Whoa, okay. Wow. I'm processing. He might have intentionally yeah. impregnated you. Yeah. The day he came to your house at midnight, you didn't take the emergency contraception? I did, to?
1: but it was past oh, it was past. Hours. Oh, my
0: God. And that can also be very risky. Yeah. You can end up having an ectopic, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, he actually knew what he was
1: doing. So even when we were breaking up, he knew he wouldn't let me go off. He wouldn't just let me go until he was certain that this was happening
0: was his father's death sudden or it was something that they knew was coming maybe was an illness sudden.
1: okay it was sudden yeah so like he was just like uh we're naming him after my dad and I was like okay so we said there i remember i couldn't eat cuz i'm like how am i going to do this with this person who actually is showing me signs that he doesn't want me in his life so how am i going to even do this i just remember him telling me um He reassured me. At the time, he was like, we're going to do this together. I'm not going to neglect you. I'm not going to neglect my responsibilities as a father. And uh, yeah, we are having a baby. And he was like, we're not breaking up. (laughs) And I was like, okay, this is so confusing. Mm -hmm. Like one minute we're breaking up, the other minute we're okay. Mm -hmm. Like, so where do you stand? And was like, we're doing this. One thing I remember then is whatever he'd say, I'd just do it. Even though I knew, like, it's not what I wanted. But in my mind, I was like, okay, let me just do this. Mm-hmm. So see, we started the journey. And I remember him um, paying for insurance. And then we started, like, we just started the journey together. Now, he was there, actually. He was actually really, really there until two weeks to me delivering the baby. Then he just cut off communication. Was
0: he still dealing with the other ladies during this during your pregnancy? I I wouldn't know much then because I went back to Kilifi mm. and
1: uh, I was trying not to even think about things. And I remember he was really consistent. That was the only time mm. he was ever consistent in my life. Okay, he was there checking up on me every now and again, until at some point I was like okay we are actually doing this because, no, he was there, really, really there, supportive. When I had cravings, I would tell him he'd send money. Mm. Like he was just there, but we were
0: not in the same geographical location. So. Did his family know that she, um, you were expectant? They didn't know. Okay. They didn't know. Your family? They also
1: didn't know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Until maybe when I was seven months pregnant. Yeah. Um, so I remember uh, I stayed in Kilifi for a long while. I left California when I was maybe six, seven months pregnant, yeah. So that's when I told my mom. One thing is, my mom and I were not so close. So, yeah, I, I just tell her things when it's very, very necessary for me to do so. I just informed my aunt. And, uh yeah, so I just decided I was going to do this. I, I, I big I, I beg a lot, so I, I would beg and then save the money, bake, save the money, save the money. Because now in my head, I was prep- in my mind, I was prepared to do this alone, knowing how inconsistent he had been. I never wanted to just go with the flow anymore. So I was like, now that I'm doing this, mm. I'm not doing it for him. I'm doing it because I want to. So I just need to save money mm. for myself and this child okay. who is coming. Bake and sell. You yeah. sell your. Yeah, cakes and pastries, mostly cakes. Mm. Yeah. And I remember at some point I was like, you know what, I may want to do this alone. At some point I was telling him that and he was like, I'm really trying to show you that I am here, but every time it's like you're rejecting my presence in your life. And I'm like, it's because you've been inconsistent in the past and I don't think I would want to have that moving forward. So he tried, he was actually there until, last yes, two weeks to me delivering, and just like I had predicted before, he just left. I remember his mother actually chose where I was supposed to go and deliver. That two weeks to my delivery is when he told his family, and the only reason he told his family is because his sister saw my profile photo. It was the day I had done my baby, bump shoot, so I posted that, and the sister was like, so you're paged? I'm like, yeah. And I think she asked him. And I just remember after the sister asking me, I called him and I told him, I think your sister knows that I'm pregnant. I posted that picture. And I remember he he lashed out and he was like, who told you to post your photo? Who told you to post your pregnant photo on your status, knowing very well that my sister would see it? I haven't told my family members and I'm not ready to tell them now. And I was like, too bad. It has already happened. So I I think that that's the day he told his family. And I just remember him ghosting me afterwards. Like, no from a consistent communication person to like no communication at all. I just remember him texting me and telling me, you're going to give birth at this particular hospital. I'm sending you money tomorrow. You can keep it for that day. So he sent me the money and yeah, when he sent me the money and he just stopped talking to me and I was so confused because it was like, you have been here and why are you leaving again? Yeah. So to cut the long story short, yeah. So I got the baby. I just remember on that day that I got the baby, I was with my aunt, but she also had like a small baby. So she told me she'll just be there until I give birth and then she'll leave. So when I delivered, I remember calling him and telling him I need help at the hospital. I can't leave this place and I'm so thirsty and I just need some water. Would you mind coming and helping me get water from the shop? Because I don't have uh, liquid cash. I have like uh, money on M-Pesa. So can you just come and help me? Because I can't give someone my M-Pesa pin. Mm. And I was like, why don't you just drink tap water? Okay, (laughs) okay. And I remember that was a very difficult moment for me because now it was like, okay, now I'm I'm actually doing this alone. You know, in as much as I I used to tell myself that I was going to do it alone, he was there, so I kind of, like, knew that he'd still be there even though in my head I was, like, really prepared for, like, doing it by myself. But that day it actually, it's, it's like the day I realized this was a journey I was going to go on my own. So when he told me that, I just remember texting him and asking him, like, why would you tell me to take tap water when you know this is like a hospital, a public hospital, and your house is just a few minutes away? Why don't you just come and help me? And then I also remember asking him, uh-huh, do you still want me to name the baby after your father? And he was like you name the baby what you want. And I was like, okay, so So I just did that. And uh, I remember having blood pressure around the same time before the delivery and uh, during labor, that is, and um, after. And mostly it was influenced by the amount of stress I was going through because now it's, it's, it's like now I'm dealing with a breakup. He had been there. And looking back, I realized he was there to just make sure that I wouldn't terminate the baby. And then now he just left. Because uh, that is how I look at it. Because I don't get how he was just there. And then one day he just decided to wake up and leave. So, yeah. yeah so that's my story. <laughs> that's actually my story. Uh, we are co-parenting right now. He last saw the baby when the baby was like maybe one month. He's seen the baby twice in his entire life. We're almost turning four or five. And yeah, so he just sends money and it's convenient for him. And that's how my relationship with him has been. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So where are you now in regards to that relationship and how you look at that relationship?
1: took me a while to get over that. I it really took me a while because in my head, okay, I had just um gotten used to him being around and I thought this was the person I was going to spend the rest of my life with even though he was so inconsistent, but I overlooked all those because I knew I wanted to do this, you see. So I was really committed to the relationship and I had made a decision that come with me, I was going to stay with this. Mm-hmm. So when we broke up, it really broke me. Yeah, it took me a while to get over it. it took me a long while to get over it. And yeah, I, I eventually did. I eventually got over it. And I remember when I was still struggling with it and also knowing that uh, I have a baby with him. He's not someone I can just wish away. He's not someone I can just say, you know what, I'm not going to like talk to him or see him because we have the child together, and at some point we have to talk. And I remember after delivery, it was really hard for me. I would send him angry messages. It's like now I was just dealing with everything at once. It's, the, it's, it's actually around the same time that I actually dealt with the fact that he cheated on me. And every time I would go back to that day that I saw him making out with another woman in front of my face, and I would be like, I would shatter and I would cry. And it's like now I was, all that time I was living in denial of what was happening. Mm -hmm. So when, afterwards, it's when I started now dealing with everything that happened in this relationship. So I remember just, yeah, I, I almost became crazy because I would send him angry messages. I would send long paragraphs which is not something I actually normally do. So,
0: Do you still feel like you can't get somebody who can accept you um, with your HIV status? And how has your HIV status therefore affected how you move around the dating world? Or, you know, looking for connection or partnership?
1: It is hard (laughs) that I have to admit. It is really, really hard. Because most times you, even if you mention it on the first day you meet this person, they might stick around, but they mostly stick around for the wrong reasons. They stick around out of sympathy, not really because they want to be there. It's like they feel sorry for you. So they'll be like, ah, watch to Kai, too, you know. But then you almost know that this is not leading anywhere by how they'll start talking to you after. Mm. So it's really, really hard dating when you're HIV positive because no matter how you approach it, it still burns you somehow. Whether you say it on the first day or you keep it. For, long, for like a long period, maybe you say, I'll, I'll just mention this after six months. The outcome is almost always the same. At some point, you're just going to be ghosted or someone is just going to leave. I think after him, I tried dating. I tried and uh, that person was actually really kind to just say, you know what, maybe I'm uncomfortable with this. I really like you as a person, but because of this, I am really uncomfortable. So we can just remain friends. And yeah, we we are good, very good friends. Mm. So at the moment, I'm like, uh, I'm not going to try. <laughs> I'm really not going to try. I just want to live my life and raise that amazing baby. And yeah, just be there.
0: Do you have any regrets um, looking back on your relationship with Harvey?
1: I just regret the fact that I wasn't there for myself. I wasn't showing up for myself. I wasn't loving myself enough. So I accepted all the crumbs and convinced myself that it would work out eventually, even though that was not going to happen. That was not the trajectory of that relationship.
0: Yeah. What are your thoughts on being HIV positive? That's an interesting question.
1: (laughs) As long as, as long as you're taking your medication, adhering well to your medication, I don't think it's really any different from who doesn't have. Because we live a healthy life. I rarely get sick, actually, as opposed to what we used to know, Kitambo, that this person will be sick all the time. So, you know, as long as you're adhering well to your medication, you are good to go. At first, when you first get to know that you are HIV positive you usually feel so sorry for yourself. Mm. It's like, "Ah, I'm not going to make it past this age. I might die tomorrow. You know, there's all these things going on in your head. But the moment you accept that part of you, it becomes easier to like just live your life. I found it easier given that um, uh, as opposed to Kitambo, I never used to talk about it so openly. I would feel some sort of shame around it. But when I started telling my girlfriend, you know, sometimes women are so difficult to deal with, but yeah, when I started telling my girlfriends and they were so accepting of the situation and they were so supportive, and I just started saying, okay, fine, maybe, yeah, this is who I actually am. And I'm not going to shy away from this. I'm going to talk about it because it is something I can't change. So yeah, the journey is tough, especially sometimes You try to forget, but you're like, okay. When you remember it, you'll just wake up and be like, no, I have to take my medication. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Other than not being able to show up for yourself, how do you think, Tawi, that you might have contributed to this dysfunctional relationship between yourself and Harvey?
1: Mm, I, I think just not knowing that I wasn't defined by me being HIV positive. Mm. You see, I, I did not know that my value was within me and has always been with me. And I was seeking for outside validation that was never going to change who I am or who was, you see. So I just needed to believe that I was worth more than I was accepting and allowing to happen to me. Yeah, So I think uh, that is how I contributed because I was there thinking, okay, maybe... Maybe I just need to chill out because this person has actually accepted me for this. You see, I wasn't looking at it from a point of it is supposed to be a two-way thing. He's supposed to give as much as I'm giving. And him choosing to be here is not a favor. It's his choice. I gave him the option of walking away Mm -hmm. and he decided to stay. But I never thought about it that much Or that time. I was like, "Mm, okay, he's staying So. I have to
0: show up in be a good girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is it that you've learned from this relationship with Harvey that you think you're able to apply to your own like personal development or maybe something you think you'll take into your future relationship, which is going to happen?
1: Uh, I've learned to love myself.
0: Mm-hmm. I have actually
1: learned to love myself, and when you love yourself, you will never accept love that does not equal or match how you show up for yourself. Mm. So no man or woman is going to do me or you a favor by choosing to stay, you see. And uh, they're also not leaving because you're HIV positive. They stay because you have something unique to offer the world. And when they leave, they leave because your value systems do not match. It's just that you're not compatible. Mm-hmm. It's not because you're HIV positive. It's not because It's not because you're a bad person. It's just things are not aligning and... Yeah, like a regular relationship, yeah.
0: like just like a regular relationship. I really? mean, and not to say that a discordant relationship <laughs> is a non, a irregular, <laughs> but it is uncommon. Yeah, yeah you know. True, true. And I do applaud you for finding that um, self worth within yourself, despite this um, diagnosis, which you are you are born with. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm happy that you're looking at at life, not not as somebody as somebody who is. You know, beaten down, or you know, well, good things will never happen for me. And you've decided I am living my life, and I'm gonna give my child the best version of me. Um, like you said, your 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 energy is on bringing up this little really? guy. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Yeah. Um. And finally, I just wanted to ask you, Tawi, for other women and men living with HIV. Given that this is something that has been with you for all your life, even though you just found out about it around the age of 13. What message would you have for somebody out there who's HIV positive, whether it comes to dating or just you know living life in general? Based on your experience, you're still a very young woman, but <laughs> I'm sure you have a wealth of knowledge because yeah. you've had to do a lot of self-reflection and inner work and mm-hmm. personal development. Mm-hmm. I would like to tell them
1: that that does not define who they are. Their worth is not based on it on the fact that they're HIV positive. And if you are, take your medication. You're just a normal human being, and you are worthy of love. You're worthy of respect. And um, it does not mean that someone who is HIV-negative loving you means you're not supposed to compromise at Mm. all. You're just a regular human being with an unfortunate thing happening there, but it does not make you less worthy. Of love out there. And yeah, yeah, just you know, just live life. Just live your life. Whoever chooses to stay in your life, let them stay. Yeah. Whoever chooses to walk away, let them live. Don't beat yourself over it. It's 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 just normal. It's it's life. Consider yourself any regular girl out there. Because whether you're HIV positive or not, everyone is having relationship problems. So it, that does not mean that anyone living your life is living because you're HIV positive. They're just living because you guys are not working out. It's just normal thing. So yeah, you live your life. You yeah. <laughs> live your life.
0: Well, thank you so much, Tawi. I really, 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 really appreciate you coming here to share this story. It's very powerful. It's very empowering. Um, it's also enlightening. There's things that I've learned today that I didn't know. So, And I know this was not easy for you to come and share, but I know that... Somebody out there is going to be touched by this. Um, And so, kudos to you and applause to you. I wish you all the best. Thank you. Thank you. It was an amazing thing. Yeah, you had a good time? (laughs)
1: Yes, I did. (laughs) Yeah, hopefully, I'll be
0: seeing you around soon.
1: Okay. All right. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Bye
0: bye. Tata. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and consider supporting us via our Till number or PayPal. All the details are in the show notes of this episode and on our Instagram page bio at so this is love underscore podcast. Your contribution will help us keep going. If you would like to be a part of this podcast, you can also reach out to us via direct message on our Instagram page. This is Jules. See you next time.